Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curl up in a schoolyard? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw, out with a new album. Yeah. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the Facebook at In the 608. Hey, everybody. My name's Adam Elliott. I'm a former Madison radio personality. And I'm Ben Anton, real estate broker with the Lowerita Group. And habitual landlord and homeowner. And we welcome you to Real Estate in the 608's podcast. We bring in a guest each time and we talk all things real estate with you. We're going to enjoy things from our friends at Lauer Realty Group like the top of the hour tip and the market update. We'll talk about highs and lows and not your flittering emotions in this market. It's the highs and lows sales in Dane County. Uh, we'll also have the market update with Asher Messino as well. We're going to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. One of those people smarter than me, certainly... Phil Plord, president of Blimling & Associates, a division of Dairy.com. Yeah. We'll be in with a look beyond the 608. If you haven't noticed, we'd like to keep it local in the 608, and that's local artists, too, including the aforementioned CISO, who has a new album out that I believe you can go and purchase at their website. Here's the gem and why I was going to include this in, like, what we're coming up on, like, the headlines. Like, what's important to know? Mm-hmm. The, the album cover? In a house I sold. In a them. house you sold? You were music famous, <laughs> I am, I'm like kind of famous because I sold them this super cool house with like a super kitschy lower level rec it's room really with a fireplace. Looking. Oh, yeah, it's right? super like orange yeah. and it's like like <laughs> sunset gold and all those different colors in the basement. First, who do we got today? Yeah, Abby Wentland, who is with Fairway Independent Mortgage. So we're going to talk, guess what? Loans and mortgages. Borrowing money. Borrowing money. How to, how to best borrow money. This is the third uh, episode, season five, of the, the season of shorter episodes. <laughs> uh, we're talking about it less and less each time, so this may very well be the shortest episode yet. We shall see. Uh, Phil, the aforementioned Phil, shared an episode or shared an article with me from the headlines. Here is the literal headline. Apartment rents fall as crush of new supply hits market. Oh. The the big takeaway here though is that we can read things like this in the in the uh, Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. as this mm-hmm. but we can't we cannot always just assume that those things are happening here because they're not. Yeah. Um okay. so then I I wrote down to share this little anecdote. I listed a house on Pincho that so, how you pronounce that yes, street? I actually, always wondered. I looked it up, and I included when I when I sent an email to all the agents that were showing it. I included a link, a Wikipedia link to the gentleman whose name is Pincho uh, and, and why he is famous and why he gets streets named after him. Um, and then I said, because this is cute, I wrote Pincho info, and I put a T on it. To suggest like that it is also silent. In like I-N-F-O-T? Infot? Yeah. <laughs> Not pinchot infot. It's pincho info. Gotcha. Anyway, I thought that was really clever. That's just one of the things that will happen if we ever work together. You'll stop at some point and say, this guy takes way too much time to think he's clever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this this house, we bought it just two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're reselling it already. And and I and I was explaining to someone like what I thought the the – the uh, the offers might look like, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I said it was just two years ago when he bought it, and um, at that at that point, you know, you might buy a house without an inspection, and and mm-hmm. they they looked right. at me, they said, well, that was 2020, certainly wouldn't happen now, and I'm like, yeah. it might still happen, now. yeah, that's still happening quite okay. a bit, um, so let's not assume that the things that happened in 2020 to real estate had anything to do with COVID, like I think we need to think like. Because now COVID's over, mm-hmm. over, over, finger quotes. Those quotes that went up um, there, yeah. But by no means is what happened in real estate in 2020 over. Gotcha. So lingering so like, effects still there. So we, we can't assume that because some of our life has returned to normal that real estate has, it is still very much a, uh, a seller's market. Um, and, and it has nothing to do with COVID. 
And that, again, going back to the initial story, the importance of knowing both what is happening locally as well as more nationally. That's essentially the point of real estate in the 608 right there. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, and then this is also the, the time, the things we share. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to share, and you are welcome to feedback on this, Adam. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Super Tramp, underrated. I heard a song the other day and I was like... You just don't hear enough Supertramp. Oh, like well. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't hear it enough. You could. You could still listen to like one hundred one five and hear enough Supertramp. Although it's probably phased out because I know they're playing like one like, or two cuts. Maybe Breakfast in America. Maybe you want. Super you Tramp. want more Supertramp. I need more of it. You know, you can like go to like Spotify or Apple Music and just play Super Tramp until that's your exactly, ears fall off. That's exactly what I did after <laughs> saying out loud, Super Tramp's underrated. All right. So again, we'll be back. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be, we're done with that. We're done talking about yes, those are the headlines and things. The to headlines share. and things. Uh, let's talk about reviews of our podcast. How are we doing? This is the new part. This is the new season five thing where I, I pick a review mm-hmm. from iTunes or some other some other podcast portal and then I read it. And then if if the person who wrote that review listens and hears it, they can they can reach out to me and win a prize. They go to the prize closet. So yeah. I have I have just recently secured that Adam and I are both wearing our uh, real estate in the 608 ball caps. True. With the embroidered logo, the flex fit cap. It's, sharp. Actually, it's actually one of my favorite hats it's, right it's now. Really, so it's so that, that is one of the choices in the <laughs> prize closet. And then uh, and then I just spoke today with Wildwood Productions. Okay. And I have yet to settle on the, the maybe you can help me decide, Are they working Adam. the movie deal for us? No, they're- The they're, real estate in the 608, the movie? They are my <laughs> local promotional product provider. Oh, I got you. Right down the street. They are actually on Main Street. But oh. the, the other section of Main Street, um, I'm, I'm still between like the. It looks a little bit more like a, like a. They call it the campfire mug. Like the, like Yeti came out with this like no, kind of grippy mug with a handle or with a handle. handle. Okay, I'm, I, and I'm sorry, guys. I want a handle on my coffee. Not mug. gonna get you a Yeti. I'm not like <laughs> like this is free for writing a review. So you might get some knockoff Yeti cup. I but I haven't decided yet whether it's got a handle or whether it yeah. will fit in the cup holder. Two people already. Both both January and February reviews. People said that's me. So they're listening. That's, they're listening. That's and, awesome. And they're gonna we thank look, you. Look great. In their new ball cap or sipping from their new cup. Mm. All right, here we go. It really is a magazine for your ears. Okay, so this is our new review. This is somebody a, has written. Somebody haven't written. identified who it is, but maybe it's you. And they're gonna and and they, I love them, are gonna reach out and say, "That's me." Okay. Uh, Real estate in the six hundred eight is quite entertaining and informative. I enjoy how the hosts weave in local musicians and interesting tidbits, so it's not simply a long interview. Most of the information shared can be useful to anyone. That's great. That's exactly that's like oh, our nice. our statement. Yeah. So thank you very much. Reach out and and you will have and by the time you reach out, I may know whether that cup's got a handle on it or not. Okay. So if that was you that wrote that, let us know. And in with us just a little bit, we're going to take a break uh, to get the top of the hour tip from Asher Mosino. And then, uh, and then we'll be back with Abby Wentland from Fairway Independent Mortgage. I, I refer to her sometimes as a mortgage hero because so many of the stories I hear about Abby are stories that start with like, like there's a problem mm-hmm. somewhere else. There's a problem. And then we go talk to Abby. Oh, I thought it was the big S on her chest that she wears on her shirt that she's a super. It was a red S. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's when I first learned of Abby. It was because Abby was a problem-solving hero. Okay. Um, and a lot of times I feel that's because she has a lot of tools in her box, mm-hmm. maybe more tools than some conventional lenders. But we're going to talk to her about that because there's some. There were some mis. I had misconceptions, Adam. There was no podcast for me to listen to about Abby. But now we're going to clear things up. We're going to clear things up, and then you, the listener, will not have any misconceptions about Abby. I like to hear it. Okay, we'll be back right after this break with Abby Wentland. Going to the bar with the money from my jar. Walking there because I'll have a problem with the car. Gonna take a sip, gonna take a little trip. Gonna purchase steam whiskey, gonna leave a big tip. Hello, Liz Lauer here, owner and broker at Lauer Realty Group, a small but mighty real estate firm in the Madison market. 
please tune in and enjoy the conversation and information shared from this podcast as it offers insight into the Madison real estate market and handy tips for homeowners from remodeling, interest rates, market conditions to the do's and don't evers. So sit back and enjoy the banter and have a good time. In studio for the top of the hour tip, agent to the stars, Asher Messino. Hey, Ben. All right. So now that the weather is hopefully starting to get nicer out and we're getting a lot more rain, people might start to find seepage in their basements. The ground is starting to thaw. Uh, The ground is always thawed right around the perimeter of your house. Yeah, it doesn't really freeze next to your warm basement. So that, that ground is not frozen. So when all the other ground starts to thaw and we start to get these rainstorms, all of a sudden water is running right along the side of your foundation. Right next to your house. Right. So what should I do to avoid that calamity, (laughs) Asher? Well, what you should have done done. (laughs) in the fall was make sure that your gutters and your downspouts were all cleaned out. You can still do that now. It's just going to be cold and annoying and difficult. Um, But making sure your gutters and downspouts are cleaned out, making sure in the fall that all of your grading around the side of your foundation is looking good. Those are the main things you can do to prevent water seepage. Also a great time, great time if you haven't already. Let's get those Christmas lights down. It's, <laughs> it's time. I still have lights in my porch all year round. All right. Thank you, Asher. <laughs> we'll see you in a little bit. Thanks, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, ben Anton is my partner in the podcast. You can find us at any time at Instagram. Uh, Real Estate in the 608 is our handle. But right now, we welcome Abby Wentland to the show. Hello. Hello, Abby. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Here is what we know about Abby. Growing up in DeForest, Wisconsin, Abby then attended the University of Wisconsin Madison Business School. Couldn't get in myself. Let's start there. <laughs> uh, studying finance and investment banking. That's that's Correct. pretty heady. Yep. After a brief post-college stay in Big Sky Country, oh. she returned mm-hmm. to the Madison area and has been with Fairway Independent Mortgage for nearly two decades. Abby needs to give us lessons on how to collect those five-star reviews because her website, Loans by Abby, that's with an E, is literally <laughs> full of them. So we know she's great at that, but do we know if she's fun? Well, we don't yet, but there's one way to find out. We play a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see, car in every driveway, swinging every tree, people can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Abby, are you ready? Famous for their brisket sandwiches and theme park-like size and amenities, name the Texas-based travel center planning its first Wisconsin location in DeForest, Wisconsin. Mm, well, it's not Texas Roadhouse because we well, there's already one here. No, I don't know. Texas this is Roadhouse. A, this is a famous travel center, like travel a plaza. Center, like yeah. hold on. Can I Google it on my cell phone quick? <laughs> you could, but we're going to run up. We're going to tick the uh, clock right. away on you. Yeah. Yeah. Tick the clock away. I don't know. Bucky's. Is it Bucky's? Bucky's. Oh, There's okay. going to be a Bucky's in Wisconsin. All right. I have heard of that. I've never been to one. I've never seen one, but okay. I do well, know what you're talking they about. Are, they are famous for both their, their brisket sandwiches as well as the world's cleanest bathrooms. Okay. Name the 1988 comedy... Directed by Ivan Reitman, featuring Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger as unlikely, but just the same, fraternal... Twins! That twins. one I know. Right. Well done. <laughs> I got yeah. twins, so lot, I guess I should yeah. have that one. A lot, of, a lot of my questions come from like the guest Facebook, and I was like, well, you got <laughs> you to mention those cute kids. You got to mention those cute kids. So I went, darling twins. Oh, are you a uh, twin, Abby, no. or do you have twins? We so. couldn't take two Abbies, <laughs> but <Okay>. she's got... <laughs> yeah, right. She's no, got... I have twins. I she has you. twins. Okay. Like, like me, two daughters, but hers are the same size and shape. Gotcha. Well, congratulations yep, they are. on that. Yep, they're identical. <laughs> yep, right. not like in the movie. <laughs> Here's one more, a little bit more recent as far as like where is... Yes, not like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's the, height, the height disparity isn't there. Um, originally located in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, name the condiment 
honored by this National Museum, now located in Middleton, Wisconsin. Mustard. Yeah, that's, that's the correct. Mustard. Well done. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, well, there are, there are likely those who did not know there is a museum to honor that condiment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there are many that might not know that years ago it moved from Mount Horeb. That's true. To Middleton. I think radio... Yeah, I didn't actually know that part. You didn't? Oh, radio nerds like Ben and I. Like, that's our bread and butter <laughs> to know just junk information like that that nobody else needs to know. But like, oh, it's... I can talk about this thing that's tangential <laughs> to it. <laughs> that thing that you're passionate about and is actually important, I can bring up this tangential follow-up story that has no... Rel- <laughs> it's, uh, it's a gift. Yeah. Well, two out of three, Abby, that ain't bad. And that's also equals your fun. That, that's pretty yeah. fun. We're going to take a break for the high, the low, and the market update with Asher, and then we'll be back with more fun with Abby Wentland. It's time for the market update, as well as the low and the high sales in Dane County for the last, uh, for the last since our last episode, usually about 30 days. What are the lows and the highs, Asher? All right, so for single-family homes in Dane County in the last month, the low we have is a home in Mount Horeb that sold for $50,000 after being on the market for 177 days, and surprisingly, they did have competing offers on this one. That's another one where at some point, the market and the price meet, either because enough time has lapsed or because the price has been dropped, and all of a sudden, then we get 1,800 square feet, Selling for fifty thousand dollars. Now it's a cute. It, you know, it looks like a little bit like the like it could be a haunted house. <laughs> it definitely looks haunted. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit boarded up, and we often look to the uh, to the comments for clues. Attention, right. all handyman. That's a big. <laughs> that's a big clue. Uh, mainly, mainly gutted. The fact this home is mainly gutted will save you both time and money. So they say. Yeah, so that's like a feature. Like you got to turn, it's like a good salesperson will always turn a a deficit into a feature. So the fact this home has almost nothing inside of it remaining is going to save you time and money. What about the other end of the spectrum, Asher? So the other end of the spectrum, we have a home in Verona that sold for almost $1.3 million. Uh, That was on the market for a similar amount of time, 174 days, and no competing offers on this one. So kind of in this situation, we're finding some of that inventory that sat for the winter because there literally were fewer people out shopping uh, in in the January, December, February. And all of a sudden, we're seeing some of that inventory that sat for that time getting picked up. Uh, Selling for cash, though. Selling for cash. And what I also like about this home is it almost is sitting on 10 acres. I mean, it's sitting on almost 10 acres. It's almost sitting. (laughs) It's it's hovering slightly above 10 acres. It's almost sitting on 10 acres. The other other thing I thought I thought to share is just looking at the at the several of the top sales, there were a couple right right at the right near this one point something mark. Not a one of them on the water. All of all of them were Wanakee and Middleton. So mm-hmm. uh, evidently that's what it costs to live in Wanakee and Middleton now. Well, and something that you always point out, so we might as well mention it, is that we don't have enough full bathrooms for all of the bedrooms in this $1.3 million home. Yeah, that's that's slumming it out there <laughs> on Caribou Road. We've only got three full baths and four bedrooms. Oh, Crazy. Roughing it. <laughs> All right, and thank you. And let's. What, what about? Okay, so here we got uh, we got a pretty low and a pretty high. What does that make us think about the market in general? What are you What are you seeing out there on on the streets, Asher? What we're seeing out there right now is most homes are still getting a lot of offers on them. We have not seen any change with that. Even in the winter, I mean, things did slow down a lot. Some homes sat, but any home that was in you know, good condition in a desirable location was still getting multiple offers. And now it's increasing a lot more because as all these buyers come out right, you know, January 1st, we still don't have our inventory up and we're still waiting to get that spring inventory increase. Would you say people are being, uh, are being picky? I actually think people are being a little bit pickier. I mean, it seemed the past few years there maybe was more of a feeling of desperation. And now, while there are a lot of people that still need housing, it seems that people are being a little pickier. But I won't say that that, you know, absolutely translates to the offers we're seeing being written. Even though people are being pickier, I would say 
there's still maybe over half of the buyers out there writing offers are not including inspection contingencies. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what I do necessarily, but it's a good it's good data to know when you're talking with your new buyers who are joining the market. And you're wanting to give them all the tools they need to be competitive. I both of those listings that I sold that, that were not quite projects but but had rough edges sold for uh, sold for slightly above the asking price and uh, and with multiple offers, but only two, not ten. Mm-hmm. So I think that was what was helping me understand that that people are being a little bit more particular. Uh, and you always have to be careful this early in the year. If you've got a house with something wrong with it, sell it in January, sell it in February, <laughs> sell it when there sell it when there's not a lot of houses to compare it to. Absolutely. But I will say, I mean, like, I'm showing homes that have eight offers on them, 10 offers on them. I wrote an offer in a house that had over 25 offers on it, and it wasn't spectacular. It didn't have an updated kitchen. It didn't have an updated bathroom. It had two bathrooms that weren't updated, and it had a garage that was basically leaning over slash falling over. So, I mean... Sometimes people are looking at staging also and getting a little confused. You know, you see modern staging in a in a house that's not that great. It's like putting lipstick on a pig and buyers get confused by that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't get confused by the <laughs> lipstick on the pig. Thank you, Asher. Thanks, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben. My name is Adam. On the line, Abby Wentland, a senior loan officer with Fairway Mortgage Corporation. Abby, you got two out of three. Congratulations. You are a fun person. Man, maybe, ah, thank you. <laughs> maybe this is like an opportunity. I mean, I know that we say she's fun, but I, I want Adam to ask his follow-up question to see if you are related to uh, some radio royalty from Adam's past. Oh, that's right. Since you had the DeForest connection, I used to work at um, WFAW, which is Fort Atkinson's local AM radio station, and we had Lou Wentland. Lou was like the sports color commentator, and sometimes he'd called the games, too. I, I don't know if Lou is related to you at all, but Lou was one of my favorite people that I've Aww. met in radio, and he talked kind of like... He, I guess he had kind of like a Harry Carey delivery. <laughs> Lou Wetland was sports type of thing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Is any connection? Is there a Lou? No connection to Lou. Nope. Unfortunately, oh, not. Sorry okay. to disappoint you. All right. It's, we were going to hope to get him on huh? next month. Oh, <laughs> I, I miss Lou. So, okay. That's all right. Fair, Fairway Independent Mortgage Company. What about Fairway makes it independent? Why do we include independent in the name? So, I think a lot of the common misconception is that we are a broker um, because we're we're not a deposit. We, we're not a bank in the sense that we don't hold depository accounts. So, we are a mortgage lender. We process, underwrite, service all of our loans. So, we call we're technically a mortgage banker. Um, so there's nobody else that we have to ship our loans off to or anything like that. So that's where the word independent comes from. Okay. So like I can't open an account at the Fairway Bank. Correct. Yep. Yep. We don't hold depository accounts, but technically considered a mortgage banker. A broker basically sends their files to somebody else to underwrite. Um, we do all of that in-house. So everything is done completely within Fairway. Gotcha. That makes sense. And, yeah, and I, I see you were you you already cheated with the. There's a lot of misconception because I because I had misconceptions, Abby. Yeah, I know you did. Because a lot of people do. Yeah, I. But I'm going to tell you though why I thought that, and I think that might make up for my misconception. I felt more likely that you were a broker because it seemed to me that you had more tools in your toolbox, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I go because we've we've had a couple lenders on the program. And uh, and I think I even mentioned who they were. They they remain among my favorites. We had uh, Pappy Johnson from Johnson Bank, yeah, um, bank retail bank, mm-hmm. um, and then we had uh, Misha from I'll call then Monona Bank. And let me I don't, since since nobody pays me to say nothing, I will tell you that the Monona to Lake Ridge transition has been a bumpy like the road oh. literally the road from the lake to the ridge is a little bumpy and we're still ho- we're still I have no not on the mortgage side necessarily but on the consumer sure. side yeah yes oh, okay. so but hey good for you and the folks at fairway who don't have don't worry about the consumer side of the banking um because <laughs> yeah. that because that can get messy when you change the name um yeah but if I needed a, a, a USDA loan or a VA loan or a um, FHA loan or any kind of like 
alternative yep. product. I don't think mm-hmm. I I don't think I'm getting those at Monona or at Johnson or at most retail banks. Is that your am I right or is that another yeah. misconception? No, I I think that's right. I mean, I can't speak to exactly what programs each local bank offers. Um, I do know, you know, some of them don't do FHA loans. And so a a, a consumer could go there to try to get pre-approved for a mortgage and potentially get denied, but not realizing that they still have another option. So that's, you know, really one of the, well, many reasons, but one of the reasons why I have stayed with Fairway as long as I have um, over 17 years, because we do offer, yes, USDA, VA, conventional, WIDA, um, the FHA programs, jumbos. So when I take an application, I can really look to see, okay, what options do we have? What's going to be the best fit for the consumer as far as the terms that we could offer? You know, for example, maybe they're approved for two different loan programs, but one of them is going to give them a little bit better term that's going to better meet their situation. There's no way. Just a little bit more about the, the big, the big umbrella, the fairway. Uh, born, born in Wisconsin. If a company mm-hmm. can be born, like very, <laughs> very locally in a small be town, founded, founded, maybe born. Yeah, our CEO is from Partyville, so grew up in Wisconsin. Um, he played basketball for the university. Lived in, uh, moved to Dallas, Texas. After that, his dad got sick, so he moved home. He was working at a mortgage company out there and started Fairway when he moved home to um, be with his dad. So I think 25 years ago, 26 years ago, I would say, is when that happened. So, yeah, our corporate office is on the east side, kind of near American Family Parkway. Um, Beautiful building out there. But, yes, our branch has been – people at our branch here in Madison, I would say there's – gosh – well, I've been 17 years. A few other people are getting close to 20. My manager has been over 20, a bunch of people over 10. So we've all kind of stuck around and, and been working together for many years. So it's been fun. The name like Fairway, I would assume it was on the golf team and not the basketball team. Though. Yeah, That's... no, it wasn't. It wasn't golf related. No. Whatsoever. All right. More, okay. Yeah. It was his <laughs> desire, his to, desire to spend more time on the on Fairway. The fair, I got you. Okay. That he started to be, understand the mortgage lending business. Um, <laughs> And then if it, I, I felt like I should give a chance, I know that Abby and Fairway have uh, have granted the Lauer Realty Group use of this uh, of a beautiful place out in the in the hills, um, like a lodge to use for one of our team meetings. But but the real purpose of that building uh, is is for use in one of Fairway's cause related efforts. You know, one of our, our culture really is about giving back, and, and that just kind of comes from the top down. Um, So that house, um, it's for our organization called Fairway Cares. And so what Fairway Cares does is we um, we send send care packages to those who maybe lost a loved one um, going through cancer. We've done, I know uh, they've made mortgage payments and done and sent money to families going through financial hardships because of you know, whatever has happened, like I said, the death of a family, the death of a child, they've sent trips for people. So most of the employees, we donate, um, you know, per paycheck to the organizations and then, um, and Fairway, you know, also donates. And then we're able to kind of spread a little bit of, you know, need to people that are going through a really difficult time. Oh, that's great. And maybe it's like a future remote location for real estate in the 608. Yeah. are talking about interest rates. It's the Correct. story, right? It's kind of like the what do you want to know from someone who's smart about mortgages? Oh my God, what are the interest rates? It wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. oh my God. Well, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I think, I think most of us in the industry have known that it was going to happen, that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the reality of having mortgage rates in the 2 and 3% for as long as we did was... It was great. It saved people a ton of money with being able to refinance to a lower interest rate. But historically, the average 30-year fixed rate is between 6 and 7%, exactly where we're at in the market right now. 
Um, you know, ask people that bought houses in the 80s and they'll tell you horror stories about their, you know, 18% interest rate. So we're not there. We don't expect to go there at all. So I think with a lot of people, you know, when I have that interest rate conversation, where they're at right now and where they're expected to go really determines the combination of interest rate and closing costs that we do for them. Uh, there are a lot of the experts that do think rates are going to go back down where and when that is, the timing of it, you know, it doesn't mean somebody that's looking in the market right now, well, they can't just sit and maybe wait another year or a year and a half or six months or whenever that's going to happen. And we, we have the conversation of, okay, here's where today's interest rate is, or you can pay money to buy down your interest rate. I don't necessarily recommend that because if we look at that break-even point of the difference in the interest that you'll pay between the two rates and the upfront costs, we're typically seeing that be about three and a half years. And do we think there's going to be an opportunity to refinance within the three and a half years? Of course, we can never guarantee it, but people do their own research too as well, right? And obviously, I, I try to stay on the pulse of everything as far as where rates are going. And oftentimes, clients, once we educate them on that, they're fine with the interest rate and they're choosing the higher rate with the lower cost up front and just knowing that we're going to watch rates for them. And if we get an opportunity for them to go down and refinance them, we will give them a call. We have kind of a rate watch report that we do anytime rates start to dip. And it's a combination of what's your loan amount, what's your rate at now, and does it make sense to do that refinance? I had to look this up, Abby, because you sent me an acronym and I didn't know what it was. The LLPA. Oh, you had to look. Oh, I see you did put an L. Sorry. Sometimes <laughs> I speak in my acronyms and I don't I even like, notice. I don't, I don't know what that is. I knew what it is after I looked it up. Yeah. Loan level price adjustment. But Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, who... Um, you know whose guidelines every lender has to follow. Um, they've decided that they want that they want to put in these low level price adjustments. They want to increase them. They've always been there. So, for example, there's always a low level price adjustment on a condo over a single family home. And what that means is you either pay an extra fee, an origination fee, to buy a condo, or if you want to avoid that, like I said, we bump up your rate a little bit and then we pay that fee for you. Adam wants to buy a condo. His credit score is. One one given, Excellent. his income is another, <laughs> and you say, Adam, you want to buy a condo? That's going to be I, I can get you a six point seven five today. But you tell him, but Adam says, well, never mind. I want to buy a house, and all of a sudden, oh, Adam, I can get you six point six two five. Is that Correct. it's that simple? Same, yeah. amount, they cost exactly the same amount. It's the same borrower, same credit score, same income, yep. same debt to ratio. It's going to yep. cost you more to buy the single family, or it's going to cost you more to buy the condo. For example, if your debt to income ratio is over 40%, we could still do a loan. I might have, you know, client A and client B. Client A has excellent credit, they can qualify on their own. So we're just going to do the loan in their name because I can get you better terms but their debt-to-income ratio might be 41%. Well, now we can't really do that because they're going to have to pay a higher fee on the LLPA for having the higher debt-to-income ratio. So now maybe we strategize, keep them both on because the LLPA, that adjustment, is smaller due to the credit score. So there's right. all of these different factors that we have to look into that now was, that on was our a, end. All right, so let me, I'm going to try to boil it down again. you got a couple, okay. two people, okay. buying yes. a house together. When you average out their credit scores, it's lower than you want it to be. So you say, hey, let's just put it in his name alone. But then you're dealing with a higher debt-to-income ratio because you've taken just one credit score, but that also means you only have one income. Correct. You can't use the other person's That means that mortgage payment is a larger percentage of that single income, and you start to get over that kind of high end of 40 so they're mm-hmm. going to raise they're going to raise the interest rate for that too. So are they, so we have to decide what are they going to raise the interest rate for more being slightly below on the credit or being slightly above on uh, the debt to income ratio. I I guess I get that. I I always think of it from the 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 person who's taking the loan out like if I already don't have enough money to make the cut, you're asking like I got to pay more money to do the the, the well, second stage the, of it. it I caught, don't get it. It costs yeah. it, it costs more to be poor. We all know yeah, that. Yeah, right. And, right. And I don't, a good way to put it. I don't know if I'll get in trouble here, but like, 
why does a condo cost more? Somebody's for a second there said it's riskier. It is. Right. Yeah. That's the, the single thing. family home is the gold standard. Yeah. Okay. Anything that is not that single family home, it's going to cost more. There's you're good. It's it's riskier. Just like yeah, we talk right. about yeah, just about right the jumbo because what interest rate for jumbo loans that's like at the opposite end of the scale. Those are a little pricier too because they're mm-hmm. riskier. Maybe season two, or I don't know, season two or three, we talked about uh, the buy-sell process, how to buy one mm-hmm. you're selling, um, how to execute that in a tight market. Um, and one of the things we talked about was leaning on the equity of your current home to, mm-hmm. buy, to buy your second. Correct. Kind of either through a line of credit or what... Or if that's going to be more appropriate, or if, in fact, you are fortunate enough that you could literally swing two mortgages for a brief time, um, uh-huh. that that is your other option that would allow you to buy that second home, not contingent on selling the first, so that you are removing the risk of uh, to, the, to the seller of your new home. There's some changes in, in how in the, uh, I believe it's the debt income ratio side of it mostly, but can you tell us a little bit about what's happening in that arena? Yeah, so that's that's super popular for what we, we call the move up buyers. So they own a house in this market, you know, they meet with a real estate agent and their agent's like, Oh, we're gonna sell this in, you know, days. We you know, where wherever the whatever the situation is, but they don't want to sell right away. They don't wanna sell in days because they don't have a new house to go to yet. Mm-hmm. So their strategy is and pretty much almost everybody is doing that is well, let's wait until we find the house we want to buy, get an accepted offer, and then we'll go and sell our house. And, of course, it's easier, too, for them because you have time to move out of your house. You know, hopefully the idea is that you close on the new house first, and then you sell, you close on your sale later. You've got time to move, all of that. The Where the LLPAs is coming in is because when, from a mortgage standpoint, I have to approve them on their current mortgage and the new mortgage and potentially that bridge loan. So there's three mortgage payments that they would never want to be paying, you know, constantly, but feel confident in this market that they'll sell their house. So it might just be one month or no month or two months that they have to do that. They're comfortable with that, but now they're debt to income ratio is 43% because I have to include all this other debt on there. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to have to pay these LLPAs. All right. So in fact, the LLPAs are what, or are at the base of what has changed as it relates to leaning on your second house to buy to, or leaning on, leaning on a second mortgage or a line of credit when you're wanting to buy your replacement house. And again, mostly a consideration for those move up buyers. The other thing about move up buyers, and I'm, I don't know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but Liz and I, or I had a little, uh, a little aha moment when Liz was on in January talking about, um, you said so many of your move up buyers are leaving mortgages that had very low rates. So there, if if you're in this beautiful home at three percent, it's gonna pinch that much more when you want to move up to have an interest rate that's doubled. There was a there was a period in the 1980s, I think, that there was a lot more um, additions and significant remodels and people adding stories to their houses and doubling footprints. I think we're also going to be entering a time where it's going to become perceived as better money to build out on your current home than it is Mm -hmm. to buy a new one. I don't think everybody knows that if you don't like the interest rate, you can pay less. You just have to pay for it up front. Or pay what called, called discount yeah. points. Did you ever? Yep. Did you ever pay points, Adam? Uh, I do, I think at my first house I did have to have points on it. Yeah. And that's something that that someone like Abby she talked about. Well, let's explore this scenario, or let's look at it this way. Mm-hmm. That's something that that any lender can sit down with you, and you can say, Hey, um, I'm never leaving this house. I will leave this house in a box. Mm-hmm. Or like some of my some of my older <laughs> some of my older buyers say that. It'd be a little bit morbid if my first-time friends were like, "I'm going to leave this house in a box." Um, but anyway, so so you if they see if you see the advantage to seeing a lower interest rate, 
you can pay discount points up front. You can say, I'm going to give you this much money now extra, but you'll lower my interest rate, and that will be my interest rate for the next so many years. Um, yeah. Are we seeing a lot of discount points in, in today's marketplace, or does it not make as much sense because we're hoping interest rates come down and that we're going to refi in the not-too-distant? Yeah, we're not seeing it currently very often because of that hope that we're going to refinance in the near future. Um, but when rates were low, we certainly would see people pay discount points a lot, saying, I'm going to be in this house forever. Instead of 3.5%, I'm going to buy my rate down to 3 and 8%. Here's the difference in payment, break-even points, four years. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be in this mortgage much longer than four years. That make, made sense at that time when because, of course, you know at that point, we weren't going to have a conversation oh, we might refinance you. No, your rate's low threes. Like, you're staying in this mortgage until you sell your house or, you know, um, pay it off. So at that point, people were paying more discount points. Right now, we're not seeing a ton of it. Some people still, everybody has their kind of prerogative. There's certainly some clients that just say, I want the lowest rate. I don't care. I want the lowest rate. So they're going to... They're going to pay it. So everybody's, dif- everybody's different. Some people say, I want this payment. This is what my payment has to be. They'll adjust their down payment because of it. So, you know, people can be very particular in what they want. I mean, my job is to educate them. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, they're the ones that have to decide what works best for them. This may be getting a little bit extra. I'd read an article in The Atlantic that I shared kind of the gist of with you in that mm-hmm. some home builders in other markets are are doing in-house financing, right? So they, they are the bank. The builder is big enough that they are the bank, and they, mm-hmm. are, and they will offer lower than market interest rates. By kind of by kind of by by increasing the price of the product to cover those discount points, it's like they're buying their own discount points by paying more for the house. Yes, yes, that's happening. I actually, I mean, I won't say where, but I was recently, just a week or so ago, approached by a builder who's looking to do that. And so, yes, it's not necessarily free. I mean, the builder wants to make X on every house that they sell. Um, but and th- but they're not their own banks. You don't actually have to be a big builder um, to be able to offer that. And so they were looking at options of a 2-1 buy-down or just straight-up buying down the interest rates, um, things like that, to be able to then advertise a specific interest rate on this house. He like, wanted to so go below 5%. I got so every, you, so yeah. we're talking about how you can how you can uh, how you can modify everything by by the diff- the different terms. So in that mm-hmm. point in that in that scenario they had a fixed interest rate and then we yep. know then we know that all the other things that can affect the the cost like like that's it, all those LLPAs, right? Yep. So what yep. they're doing then is they're saying, well if we need to see these as fixed, then we need to fuck with we need then we need to mess with the price cuz if we make mm-hmm. cuz we can roll all those extra costs mm-hmm. into the purchase price, we can advertise this fixed and perceived as lower down payment. Correct. Is, yes. Is that obfuscating things? Is that legit? Um, is that legal? I'm- I, it's it's legal. It is. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm yes. I mean, there's a certain amount. Of course, the house would have to appraise out. There's certainly that's, that's checks the and catch, balances. Right. Okay. That's so the, the house yeah, has the house. to appraise out. The the, the bank, Correct. the bank then still has to say this house is even if this house is even if their theory paying like eight grand more for this house because they're those are in theory the discount point costs being mm-hmm. rolled into the purchase price. The bank appraiser still has to say that house is worth that much. But in theory, if the market comes down or starts to correct, that house is already at a slight disadvantage because correct. their price yes. that price was inflated from a non-market from the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the Yeah, I would agree. And then the other thing too, yeah, cuz I definitely agree with that. I'm with you Ben. Um the other thing too is if they're paying, you know, x amount of dollars and it's it's not cheap. It could be 15,000, 20,000 more for this house for a lower rate when they could have just paid less for the house and, you know, had the potential to refinance to a lower rate in a year anyways, would that make more, would that be more beneficial to a consumer? But a lot of times what consumers see, and I get it, they see like, oh my gosh, 
on this house with this builder, I can get a rate at 5%. That's amazing without kind of looking further into it as to right. really what is going to be the best. Like how am I, strategy. how am I getting that 5%? Well, yeah. you're getting Nothing it by paying, free. by paying more for the house. Sure. Correct. It's like, I ate all this candy. Why am I getting fat? What's going on? <laughs> I don't yeah. understand it. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling and Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. With apologies, we're going to talk about interest rates again. This week, the Federal Reserve moved rates up another 25 basis points to 4.8%. The move wasn't surprising. A few weeks ago, the consensus call was for a 50-point jump, but multiple bank failures tempered those ambitions. And so here we are. Inflation is still running way above the Fed's 2% target. Labor markets remain tight. The economy hasn't fallen apart. Against that backdrop, it seems reasonable to believe that rates will have to go higher in the months ahead. Wall Street doesn't believe that, though. CME Fed Funds futures have rates peaking in May and retreating into year-end. The December contract has the rate pegged at 4%. Personally, I find that all hard to believe. I don't think the Fed's fight against inflation will be done in just a couple of months. And absent major financial catastrophe, I don't see a rationale for a rate reversal. But maybe I'm underestimating political pressures, the number of interest rate doves on the Fed board, or both. We'll see what happens. For now, though, I'll take the over on the December futures expectation. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. We're either going to give people hope here or we're going to make them cry in their soup. Um, I, I, I asked a question, uh, and if you can answer, I don't know if this, I don't know if there's going to be an answer, but, but who is winning right now? In, in your, uh, Pappy talked about his drawer full of, full of files. Like he's got, you know, once you get that person in there and you got them pre-approved and you set their folder aside and then you wait. Yep. Who's yeah. who's winning right now? Besides besides the people working with agents at the Lower Realty Group. Well, of course, yes. Who, um, if you guys know how to write offers right. for sure. But if from from the lending standpoint, who's winning are those who are already pre underwritten um, instead of pre approved. So what a pre approval is, a client comes to me, I look at their credit, their debts, their income, analyze it and say, yep, you're good to go. Here's a pre approval letter for you. At the end of the day, when it comes down to when the loan is in process, I don't have the ability, no lender, like mortgage lender like myself, has the ability to approve the final loan. That has to go to an underwriter. So what we're doing up front is instead of just stopping at pre-approval, we're sending all of our clients through underwriting prior to going under contract so that their letter is a much stronger letter if, say, you know, they're going to, they're writing $400,000 on a house. And so is, you know, Joe Schmo over here, same purchase price. He has a pre-approval letter. And my letter shows that they're already underwritten. We just need to get an appraisal. Everything's done. You know, there's nothing else that we need to do. We just need to get an appraisal in there. So that has helped a lot. Um, Quick turn times has helped a lot. I had an offer get accepted last Tuesday, and the seller wanted to close right away. They were going to do a rent back, um, but we're closing next Thursday. So, you know, roughly a two-week turn time, and we we got our clear to close today. So just in a couple of business days. And the reason we were able to do that is because we did all of the legwork up front. So, you know, it was kind of, I think those are the two biggest tools that you can say, uh, we can issue a commitment letter as soon as possible. We can close as soon as possible because we've already done everything up front. Here, look, the underwriter has already looked at everything. Like, I'm good to go. I'm golden. I think that has really helped people. Okay. So it definitely on- has. And, and this is not something that everyone is doing. Correct. Um, so, uh, there are others. Um, yeah. Uh, Pat, 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 some places work different. And uh, we talked to Pappy. Pappy 
um, is in a position where he, where at that bank they do their own running underwriting of their own files, um, mm-hmm. and so he's somebody that can offer the same thing. That, but 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 talk about turnaround time. That the, I, re- I referred to you earlier, perhaps before you were on Abby as a mortgage hero. You're talking about me. I think, oh, thanks. I think I think because because some of the stories I had heard put you in that role. Put like the stories like the one you just shared. Somebody had a there was a problem and Abby solves it. The problem last week was this person wants to close and rent back, likely so they can get their ass out and find their own home. Correct. You know they yep. they needed the yep. they could not lean on that second. Uh, mortgage or right. a line of credit, they needed the money yeah. in their pocket. So, in fact, yeah. the, the offer I wrote this weekend on a downtown condo was similar in that they will close rather quickly, but then allow the seller a post-closing occupancy of up to a month so that they can more confidently move forward with their home plans. Yep, absolutely. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, and which is fine. I think it's fun. I mean, when we can do loans as quickly as that, it's, you know, everybody's it just makes the process is so much more fun for for the buyers, for the agents, everything. And, and like I said, that's why it's so important to, I just think, not only get with your real estate agent to, if, especially if you are a move-up buyer, to make sure that your house is ready to go if needed, but get in contact with your lender and have that game plan figured out. Make sure that you can you know, close on something quickly if needed. Um, Cause all of that is every, every little, it's not just about price. I'm sure you would say Ben. it's all of the different factors. What does exactly the seller need want? Sometimes it's just about price. Fine, sometimes, but I, I say it's, it's half psychology, Abby. Prices, mm-hmm. prices hardly, I mean, it's price is what it is, but, but if so, you can, you can make someone feel good about paying that price. Or, yeah. or feel good about receiving that value. That's the difference that's in, the in telling a story and having a narrative and really and, and holding someone's hand and making them feel better about the whole thing. That's yeah. That's that's where the that's where my cab driving and bartending and and list, <laughs> and listening skills come in. But we thank you so much for joining us, Abby. It's been a pleasure to both learn a little bit about your historic deforest roots. Uh, your your love for brisket sandwiches and clean bathrooms, right. <laughs> and 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 all of the and all the mortgage stuff too. Oh well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank Abby. you so much for joining us, and you have a good evening. Okay. All right. You too. Take care. She ain't round. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Uh, you've been listening to myself, Adam Elliott, and Ben Anton. Hello. And uh, we thank uh, Abby Wentland, the Senior Loan Officer with Fairway Mortgage, uh, for coming in today. But Ben, what was that? That was that was that was WFAW that was, Sports Director. That was, was kind of Adam Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish I could say hello to Lou. I don't know if Lou's with us anymore. Well, I wonder but, if we would have yeah. both had more fun doing uh, color commentary sports announcing. <laughs> I was always awful at sports calling. <laughs> you would not want me calling your your son's high school basketball game. I'd have, I'd have to learn a lot more about sports. And looking at my brackets, I'd have That's to right. learn a lot more about most everything. Yeah. The kid's got the ball, and now he's dribbling the ball. <laughs> and now I, he passed it to another kid. A different shirt color. <laughs> Um, that was Abby, and we don't know what color shirt she had on, but she was a joy to, to and, and able to kind of, I mean, I felt like, just like she shared the, the acronym with me, and I had to be like, wait, right? what does that really mean? Um, so she was like up here a little bit, but but each of those things, and I hope that the ones that went over your head, I stopped and, and broke down. Yeah, I mean... There, there's a lot of heady, heady stuff going on. Well, she was able to talk about the the impact to the person of each of the components that we're talking about. Like, what does that actually mean to me? And that is what helps make sense of it. And because well, the loan process is, I'll say it's probably scary for some people to think about like that much money and you need somebody to be able to explain what the heck we're talking about. Here. Yeah, you don't need some guy like me getting all blase, <laughs> like, ah, oh, no big deal. This is another, another 10 grand, big deal. That's not, and that's not what I do. But it is it is important for me to stop and ask questions and uh, spend some time as 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 our Instagram consultant would say in the feelings wedge. Okay, I think that's the part of the listening. What part. are the components in the feelings wedge? I don't know, Do but know? Adja- like there's the feelings wedge is several wedges before the 
Let's solve that problem, Wedge. Oh, okay. Because I need, I need, I need to know that I understand. Okay. And that I'm there with you. Yeah, I see. That's basic psychological need there. I think I. Got yeah, you. but it's really easy for a guy like me to jump ahead. Let's yeah. solve that problem. Yeah, I'm working on it. All right. I like that we got the definition that getting the pre-underwritten. Pre-underwritten. Or just getting underwritten. I don't know if you're pre-underwritten. But getting the underwriting first is actually a little better than the pre-approval letter at yeah. this moment. Fully underwritten. I don't yeah. think they put a pre in front of it because that's because okay. that's important. Because there's two things that happen once you get the accepted offer is usually they underwrite, the, uh, the underwriters mm-hmm. review the application and they put their stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And then over on the right hand, then they also are re- reviewing the house, the product. Mm-hmm. So they review the buyer, and they re- then they review the product. And after an appraisal, and an, you know that they put the stamp on that. So it's both of those stamps are required to move forward. Mm-hmm. But when you're working with Abby in this market, she's going to go ahead and stamp you first. Yep. So you get the but the house. Is what so then the, lights the, the house the is obviously way. the variable because we don't know what house it is yet, but but those are the only steps then that need to happen. Um, and if you're putting twenty percent down or you've got enough cash on hand, mm-hmm. maybe you even waive the appraisal. Hmm. Like it still needs to happen mm-hmm. so that she knows what your loan to value ratio is in the end which we learned today is one of the LLPAs, mm-hmm. the loan level price adjustments that down, you know, so that's good. That could have an effect. But anyway, you can get almost through that process as well. Curious. It's good. It's good to know like what's changing and that's hopefully what and all the different, we and all the different ways yeah. people like Abby and others are finding to make your offer better than someone else's. And I tell you, not everybody is, is trying this hard. Yeah. Not all lenders are trying this hard. Not all agents are trying this hard. You go in there. I mean, I, I've been on the listing side the last couple of deals. And when there's only a few, when those are only a few offers, I'm, I might end up with someone who's not underwritten mm-hmm. and only pre-approved. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. But, you know, it's interesting to be on both sides because I can see how, how good my offer would have looked relative to those that were just submitted. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how an agent with the right tools and understanding and the, and the partnerships like these would just be like, well, this is the one you need to work with here. Well, it was certainly a treat to have Abby's expertise in here to help guide us through those exact questions. So we should say a big thank you. To big Abby thank you to Abby today. at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Mm-hmm. Now that we know it's not named for golf course reasons. And <laughs> and that the boss man was not that great at basketball, but still on the I mean he made the team. He made the team. Made that's, the team. That's something. And he's and he's running a pretty decent pretty <laughs> decent and successful like from I, I think they're like one of the largest now. Like they, they right? started right there in Partyville. That's just a fun like who were you from? Partyville, man. No. <laughs> I'm from Partyville. That's like where what's the guy with the with the barefoot nation? Uh, oh, not no, not uh, that guy. I'm thinking about the other one with the Margaritaville. It's like Jimmy ju- Buffett. It's just down the street from Partyville, uh, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should also thank our musicians you've been hearing uh, throughout the podcast here today, uh, including the likes of uh, Renclaw, L. Donk, and the Oak Street Ramblers. Bob Westfall, Seesaw with a new album, and the Mad City Jug Band. Yes, the new album out called Projecting, which has got an album cover from a house that you sold. Sold sold uh, Meg the br- the brown the dark haired one. It's super funky, like it's super, retro. It's super kitschy. I wouldn't think like a place like that still exists. But you got to be. They are like they are clearly on Pinterest, <laughs> <laughs> finding all those ideas and 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 special things to to like to style the space. Because yeah. I could I could sell you that basement, but I couldn't make it that beautiful. Make it this, yeah. Retro that takes audio. that takes special skill. All right, just like their music talent as well. Uh, check that out. Seesaw <laughs> uh, is is the place to go. Um, SingSeesaw.com is their is their URL, and they spell their name S E A S A W. Yeah. And thank you to the most important people of all. Yes, that's. You. You, the listener. Oh, we appreciate you being here. Especially you, the listeners that left reviews and tried to win a prize. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't like to pick favorites, but you're my favorite. Okay. Ben picks favorites. That's okay. <laughs> it might work to your advantage. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Adam. 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game you're always playing at your favorite arcade? Could be taking the Baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. Singing you this waiting song